Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Before I introduce my guest, I just want to take a moment and thank you guys for all the reviews on iTunes. I know in the last couple episodes, I've been, well, my marketing department has been pressuring me to ask you guys to go leave a review or just a rating, and I really, really appreciate it. So please keep doing that. If you have a moment to do it right now while you're listening in, great. If you can do it later, that's awesome because I guess we've learned that the more reviews, and the more likes and the more subscribes that Apple keeps featuring the podcast. And we want to definitely get this education to as many people as we can. All right. Well, hey, listen, I know I say at the beginning of every episode that I am really excited to introduce the guests. And I know I'm going to say it again because I am really, really excited for today's podcast. It's kind of been in the making for a little while, I must say. And we finally uh, feel that we're at a time to bring this story to all of you. So you're in for a real treat. Uh, this is certainly the very first time that I've had someone on the podcast uh, that, you know, a, my history growing up with technology, uh, I am familiar with Russ. I've known Russ. I've admired the companies that he has built and the work that he has done. I started, for many of you know, my career in 1988 at Microsoft. Well, Russ was long into his career at this point, building one of the largest software companies in the world. In fact, the very first billion-dollar software company in the world. So today, I think you guys are really in for a treat. Without any further ado, I want to welcome to the program, Russ Arts. Hi, Dave. Well, welcome, Russ. I appreciate you joining me on the program. For those of you who want a little backstory, the very first time Russ and I met face-to-face, we were eating chicken wings in San Francisco. We were having a quick little uh, happy hour appetizer And I'd like to say that's the most expensive dinner I've ever had because as I share with you, after I left, I was leaving the Hilton parking garage in San Francisco and backed my car into a column. And it was was like a $2,200 dinner. But very memorable. Chicken wings. Those chicken wings were a fortune. (laughs) They were a fortune. So Russ, um, I want to talk about data and we're going to get to that. But before we go there, I know this is um, somewhat emotional week for you, right? Uh, Charles Wang, for those of you who don't know, passed away last weekend. And uh, Russ and I had a chance to reflect on that a little bit. But how are you doing at the end of the week? So I'm, I'm good, Dave. Um, you know, let me, let me just, I'll reminisce a little bit. You know, I spent most of my career at CA, uh, about 35 years. I was one of the co-founders along with Charles. And to give you a little history, uh, the two of us met as kids in college. Uh, we were at a local college. We were both mathematics majors. And in fact, it was my wife, who also was a math major, introduced me to Charles. Um, they were both taking my, my wife's a math educator. She trains math teachers and she was taking education courses with Charles. And Charles was in my graduate math class and she introduced me and we became fast friends, you know. And so my college days were really strategic to my to my whole life because I that's where I met my future wife and it's where I met my future partner so I met I met Charles there in math class we became good friends uh, we were both very passionate about technology and about and about sports 
And in fact, we used to from, you know, from the, from our days in college, we used to play basketball together. We'd go to local schoolyards and, and play ball together. So we were good friends. And, you know, we started CA, you know, when we were very young and we, you know, built it, built it one day at a time. Uh, it was a very, very exciting time. I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. Um, when we, when we met, so we started a company, we didn't, you know, in those days it was very difficult, you know, to have the funding you needed to get started. You know, the, the big opportunity was on the IBM mainframe. The yeah. IBM mainframe was millions of dollars. You couldn't just go buy one. You had a rent time on it. You know, it wasn't like today where if I start a company and I buy an iPhone and an iPad and a, and a, and a Mac or a PC laptop, I'm all set, you know and have get some Amazon cloud storage, I'm, I'm, I'm all set. Today, in, in those days, we had to build, you know, for a different environment. So we did bartering, you know, we didn't have funding. Yeah. We didn't go through a VC market. It really didn't exist at that point. You know, we knew we wanted to build software products and we kind of blazed the trail in that. But, you know, so uh, Charles introduced me to a friend of his who was running a service bureau. He took us to his office space and we found some nice, you know, a hallway with a strip of offices. We said that will work, you know, and right away the guy, his name was Leo, told Charles, well, you know, uh, I'll have to figure out what to charge you for the office space. <laughs> and Charles goes, Charles goes, no, Leo, you know, Russ, here, I see you have a new IBM mainframe. Uh, Russ knows the mainframe inside out. He's going to teach you guys how to debug their programs. You just got it. And well, let's work out. a Let's work out a trade. And Leo goes, OK. And I'm telling you, for the first four years of our existence, we were on Madison Avenue in the city, free office space. And I and I did train his programmers. I had, you know, I taught them how to debug their their COBOL programs. And we, we had a blast and I was able to make use of the mainframe. So, you know, we started on the mainframe. Uh, we built we built products. You know, we had this vision that, you know, we started by making money, we would do services. And we realized very quickly that doing services was very much, you know, it, it was one at a time. And we wanted to build products that would enable us to build a product once and sell it, yeah. you know, over and over again. And you know that model. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, so that's what we wanted to do. And services are critical, obviously, but we wanted it, you know, we wanted to focus on the product. So what we did is we started building products, you know, and, amazingly, you know, and we built products in a different way, you know, at a school, I was doing a lot of coding and I, you know, I, so myself and this other guy, just two of us wrote the first product, you know, that CA started selling. It was yeah. a, you know, and it was, it was very exciting, you know, and all of a sudden we built the product. Uh, it was basically to fill in some gaps that IBM left holes in the operating system and we found opportunities and we made sure that people's master files weren't getting destroyed or deleted and it was a disk space manager and we it started selling like crazy because everybody needed it and you know all of a sudden you know contracts were coming in deals were coming in and you know we didn't really need any any outside money we kind of self-funded ourselves you know so it was it was an exciting time you know we spent we spent uh, uh, over a decade working on the mainframe, building a strong product line, and we did it with a with an interesting model. It was a three prong model of internal development, where we develop products, right. uh, 
acquisition, where we would acquire companies that had technology that were complementary to what we were doing and complementary to fill, fulfilling our vision. And the third piece was integration. You know, once we did the acquisition, the big deal was, you know, how do you how do you bring it in, you know, and, and integrate it in a in a professional way. And we would do it first at a at a per people level, you know, at a cultural level, and then we would do integration at a technical level. So we had to do both, you know. So we worked really closely. Uh, Charles and I were very hands-on, you know, and gradually built up the company. Uh, we haven't been in touch the last in the last ten years. So we've gone gone different paths, mm -hmm. and Charles went down the path of running the Islanders. You know, he really became a hero in Long Island. He saved the Islanders from going off the island. They weren't doing well and they were going to leave. And he, you know, he bought them and kept them on Long Island. And, you know, it was it's very much still very much appreciated by the Islander fans. And he did that. And I, you know, I kept going at CA and and, you know, and then, you know, I'll talk about how I how I got into ringlead. Yeah. So, you know, hearing the news of Charles passing was shocking to me. I heard it Sunday morning. It was shocking. He's. You know, he was a young, you know, 74. Mm -hmm. I feel like I played basketball with him, you know, yesterday. You know, we used to have at CA, you know, once we once we became uh, successful, he was able to build, a, you know, he had a basketball court in his house. We used to go there. A group of us used to go there every week and we'd play ball together and then he would cook for us. You know, so hearing his past, it was I'm still a little bit shocked. Yeah. You know, it was hard. It was hard. And, you know, uh, and we were close friends with him and his wife. And so my wife was very upset and she had actually met Charles before me. So it was tough. You know, it was tough. Sunday was a tough day, um, you know, and, you know, I'm still feeling it. But I can say that I liked, you know, he got a lot of he got a lot of good press. People remember him as a very generous man. And he was very generous uh, very innovative. Uh, I would say one of the best entrepreneurs I ever met and, and had the privilege of working with. We were not only friends, but we, you know, we, we were very, we were very good together. We were a good team. You no, know, he, no doubt. he was the CEO. I built the technology and, but we did everything together, you know, and the, you know, it was a lot of fun, you know, building a startup was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, we found opportunities if you remember the 90s, 90s is when people kind of went into the client server world. Yeah. And remember that? Yes. And everybody was taking, well, you had Microsoft with Windows and then you had all the Unix vendors and they all took AT&T's, you know, Bell Labs' uh, Unix and they brought it over to their environment. And thus you had Sun, remember Sun Microsystems oh, yeah. with Solaris and yeah. HP UX and Compaq and huge companies, you know, all having a version of, of Unix. And we, we, you know, we were a mainframe IT management company. <clears throat> and we had this vision that let's take everything to the client server world. Let's support over 100 different platforms, including Windows, and we'll do end-to-end -end IT management. And that was our product, Unicenter, and it worked. And it did, and it did very, very well. And, you know, so times were very exciting at CA. When I look back, um, my career was tremendous. You know, I have no regrets. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it was, you know, we were growing 
And you know how it is, you know, when a company's doing well in the 90s, we were doing really well and yes, the stock we was splitting, you know, it's exciting and everybody's excited and everybody's motivating and working nonstop. And it's just a lot of fun, you know, and, you know, I look back at my career as a great career and doing it with Charles, you know, it was very, very special, you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for the Thank industry's you. loss and, and the family. Um, it's, it's not surprising, right? When you work so closely with someone and you have such a tight relationship that, you know, that relationship can change over time. You know, uh, as I've watched CA and watched you and the industry, you know, um, I don't know if you like the comparison, but you know, Charles was always in the public eye, very much like Steve Jobs and yep. you a bit like Wozniak, you know, behind the scenes, building yeah. the technology and designing it. So I don't know if you like the comparison. Yeah. I'm a big Steve fan. So, uh, uh he's great. Steve yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. No, that, that, that's true. That's true. You know, I did get out a lot though with customers, um, you did. with Charles. Yeah. Yeah. After, after we built Unicenter, I, we then needed to build a technical field force to, to go up against big old IBM Tivoli, you know, and I built a whole worldwide technical field force to out tech uh, IBM out in the field. And so I had to build a worldwide technical team. It was interesting. I, I, I planned that all with Charles. And my plan was to take the most technical people from development who could talk to customers. So you needed two requirements. You needed to be technical and you needed to be able to talk to, to people, to customers. And it worked. We called them the wild bunch and we did a lot of out teching out there. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. You know, so, yeah. So I, 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 I did get out there. I, you know, yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew a lot of CIOs. So in any case, I left CA at, at some point. Yeah. Um, and when I left CA, I decided, you know, I had, I had invested in, in some startup companies and I was going to advise this different startup companies. And I got a call one day from little old ringlead, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, from a guy named Chris Hickey, who was my, who I knew at CA, he was a, he was a major manager over at CA and I, you know, knew what a great sales leader he was. And he called me in to look at the product line and I looked at the product line over a period of time, not, not too long, pretty quickly. And I looked at it and I said, you know what, this data space is pretty exciting. And this little company ringlead picked a very important space because data is important. You know, I looked at it as a challenge. I saw, you know, I saw MarTech as a challenge, you know, a lot of MarTech companies. And, you know, I saw it as a problem that everybody needs to solve, you right. know, and it, it's, it's not, you know, it's different than having to blaze new trails that here the path is blazed, you know, and that the problems are well known. You know, it was it was a big problem at CA. CA could never manage their data. So in reflecting on it, you know, I got really interested in, hey, this whole idea of let's see if we could manage data and provide quality data and orchestrate the data. So, you know, I got really interested and then I came into the office and I met the founder, Ken Green. Yeah. We hit it off. I had known Ken a little bit. He had he's an entrepreneur. Yes. And he had pitched me a few years before on uh, buying some company that he was very friendly with, which, you know, I ended up not doing. But I knew who he was. I knew he was a he was a good entrepreneur. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a shot here. This sounds exciting. You know, I can still do some advisement for, for these companies I invested in, but this is a software company. It's here in Long Island and, you know, let me see what I can do. So 
I accepted. I joined. I joined Ringlead. It will be two years next month, uh, right around Thanksgiving. Two years ago, I joined, and it's been an exciting ride, Dave. You know, very exciting ride. Um, you know, I came in as executive chairman. Right. Um, you know, and you know, uh, equity owner of the company. You know, so I feel it's my company. I partner very closely with Ken, who's the founder. Yes. And we've got a great team here. You know, so I spent, frankly, I spent the first six months building a new a new product and, pl- and platform. We had to build something new. So we had to build a platform that was scalable, you know, and build a product line. And we did that in six months. We had our first product out. It's a, you know, um, and now, you know, two years later, we have. 600 customers on our platform. It's called Ringley DMS data management solution. Uh, it started with our, uh, dedupe product, which, which is the most capable, uh, dedupe out there. And it, and it, and it has a whole portfolio of products, including enrichment and discovery and prevention and all those kinds of things, all integrated into a common platform. And I always believed in that, you know, the reason I mentioned Unicenter from CA, I always believe that, Customers want to buy software that's easy to use and is integrated. It t- all ties together. Once you learn one module, you know how to learn the uh, you know how to use the other module because they're all integrated in a similar way. Absolutely. Let me uh, let me share something because I I want to connect the dots for my listeners and give them some context on not only why we're on the podcast together, but what the road uh, ahead looks like. So you said something earlier, Russ, which is you know, you were fixing holes that IBM had left, right? And you started looking yes. at the data there. And the founding of Ringlead, way before you joined the firm, I think as, as people know the company, was that they found holes that Salesforce had left. Correct. Salesforce, you know, created this, this wonderful cloud-based database, and they wanted to enable marketers to uh, ingest leads coming off of their website. So they created this web to lead technology where you could make a landing page and send in a lead. Big problem was there was no data lookup. So if the lead already existed in Salesforce, it would just make another one. And so dupes became a monster issue for anybody that was moving down that path. And the team said, you know what, we got to plug that hole. So Ringlead was the very first dedupe technology for Salesforce. And really the brand is, is known for that. We, you and I haven't talked about this, Russ, on, on as we've gotten to know each other over the past year. I've never shared that in 2015, right around the time when you were joining Ringlead, I made a post called The Rise of the Data Scientist. And it was mm. a blog post that I wrote about what was happening and what was coming and the importance of bringing people onto your team that really understood data. Because with the digital transformation, we're collecting data in our CRM, in our marketing systems, in our ERP systems, on our websites, and every piece of digital technology. So just to let you guys all in on a secret, um, everything I do is pretty intentional, right? If you look at the podcast that I've been putting out over the past several months, there's a lot of data weaved into that, a lot of different vendors that are making data tools. And in some ways, I've wanted to save Russ is the best for last on that series because Ringlead and DemandGen have been working very closely together to help our customers solve the data challenge. So I, I, the, the thing I guess I want to share with everybody is I feel like you guys have been doing the Willy Wonka. The factory has been 
not boarded up. As you said, you've, you've worked since you got there on yeah. building a brand new platform, a really different platform than the roots of Ringlead and working and bringing that into market and already 600 customers on the platform. So uh, congratulations. And I'm sure the team feels very fortunate to have you there working so diligently on the platform. Can I ask you a question, Russ? Sure. You, um, you know, I compared you to Steve Wozniak. You guys are maybe a couple years apart, right? And both of you are still out there um, working hard and bringing technology and innovation. What, what has you? What has that drive for you to come back into? You know, you don't have to work, right? You're 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 healthy, wealthy, and wise, and yet you are working so hard to bring in more and more innovations to marketing and sales. Okay, good question. You know, uh, Dave, I don't know if you realize it, but you're not the first person who ever asked me that Probably question. Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great question. So, you know, I guess it's in me. You know, I, I, you know, we built a great company here in Long Island when a lot of people said it couldn't be done. We hired over a thousand people at CA in Long Island, Amazing. you know, and it was exciting. And I still have that burning desire in me. Don't ask me why, but I do, you know, to do it again. You know, I feel like I built one success. I really, I want to do another one. You know, it's, it's just a great feeling to feel, you know, I've always, I've always valued my time. You know, I've always valued being a productive person and I've tried to, and I've, you know, taught people who work for me and my, my own family. I have three kids, I have grandkids I try to be that role model of of being a, you know, hardworking, productive person. You know, I think everyone to me, it's very important to me that I make a difference. And yes, I, you know, people ask me, what were you really proud about? You know, in all your years, the 35 years at CA, I said, one of the things that I'm most proud of is the fact that I enable people to build great careers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, you know, through CA, and myself, we generated tens of thousands of jobs all over the world, you know, not just in Long Island. Russ? Yes. I don't want to cut you off because I'm going to keep going. But, you know, when I started Demand Gen in 2007, I never realized what you just said was what I would think about so much. Like, I wanted to yeah, right. build an agency, like you said, about servicing. And, like, all of a yeah. sudden, I realized, like, wow, you know, 70 yeah. some odd people creating careers exactly. for them. It's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, let me yeah, let you and, continue. And at some point, exactly, Dave. And, and, you know, at some point, CA had 20,000 people. Wow. Now, it's just mind boggling. Yeah, I, I used to travel all over the world, you know. I, I'd meet great people, you know, in Australia and China and India and you know, everywhere. You know, it was very, very exciting. So it's exciting to build a company. It's exciting to me to build. I love building. What I always liked about software yeah. is that when you build a product, you know, you have at the end, you have something tangible. You know, I build a product, you bring it to a customer and you actually see the customer using the product you built to make their lives and all the users of the product lives, hopefully more productive, you know, you've made a difference, you know, so that's why I always loved software products, you know, some people would say, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. I could do software, I could do anything, you know, any industry. I didn't feel that way. I really felt that this was my calling, you know, I wanted to build software products. And it's a lot of it is just the satisfaction of seeing other people use the product, you know, right. so it's just in me to I, I you know, I've, I value time. I'm productive. 
Um, my wife, by the way, is similar. You know, she's also working. She's training uh, math teachers. They come out of college and they become high school math teachers. Um, it's just we're very, you know, we're very um, productive oriented. I don't like to I don't like to waste a day, you know. Yeah. Um, but yet I believe in a balanced life. I do believe that, you know, uh, most weekends I you know try to spend with my family. I have hobbies. I love sports. I, you know. I watch, I play, I'm a big, big tennis player now. I used to be basketball, you know, I do a lot of sports. I, you know, I do believe in a, a balanced lifestyle, but I, you know, I think it's really important that we all, you know, produce and, and make a difference. Uh, you know, we're here for a short time. I think it's really important that we make a difference. And that's what I'm trying to do at Ringley. I'm trying to make a yeah. difference. I'm trying to build another successful software company on Long Island. And why Long Island? It's where I live. Yeah. You know, and, you know, happen to like it. I think it's a great place. It is you know? a great place. Yeah, it's a great place. And I'm not and just saying that, as, as you know. So it really is. I it was, really is. I was born in yeah. Port Washington. And, Port Washington, uh, right by the water, right yeah. by the Long Island Sound. And yeah. you you live in Old Westbury. And if you yep. if you look in Google Maps at Port Washington and Old Westbury, they're right near each other. Right near um, each other. You know, Russ, my dad, uh, who I lost a couple years ago, um, he worked up until the very end. And he had the same philosophy and he instilled it in me that you just said, which is we're only going to get, you know, life's pretty short. We're only going to get this opportunity once. Let's make right. the greatest contributions that we can. I have my company's all hands meeting in just a few hours that we do once a yeah. month. And the theme mm -hmm. theme this month is about being driven. And I think I'd like yeah. to share with them uh, a little bit of this conversation and just, you know, hearing sure. from you, because I know that I'm driven. I know that people who know me know that I, I never slow down. I get up early. I work late. I'm right. with my family. Right. I'm all in whatever I do. Um, yeah, Long Island's a great place. I was there until I was 11, until my parents, my, my, uh, one day my, my sister came running down to the school. This is Schreiber High School out in Port Washington. Oh, I know it well. And she said, uh, she said, hey, you got to come home. Uh, we're moving to California. So I, <laughs> I ran my skateboard home and I started packing my stuff. And yeah, my parents yeah. called me downstairs and they said, what, what are you, what are you doing? We were going to have a family discussion. I said, oh, well, I'm packing. And they said, Oh, it's it's gonna be about a year from now, and I was like, oh, oh. I was ready to go. <laughs> you were ready. You Not were ready because to go. I didn't love Long Island. It was just yeah. you know the the, the You're sun. Ready to go. I was ready to I was ready to go. Nothing uh, wrong with California. California is a nice place. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. um. Let me tell you a little. Uh, Russ and I were talking the other day, and I said to him, uh, I was telling a little story about my my oldest daughter, and she's uh, now a marketing operations coordinator, and so she's out there, and we were talking about Salesforce. So I said, you know, Russ, it's really great at dinner time because you know we don't have to talk about algebra; we can talk about Salesforce. And he goes, wait, wait, right. wait, I love math, and, and you met <laughs> right. you met your wife, I think, in calculus class. So um, yeah, exactly, yeah, you That's do right. love math. That's right. Right. So, but we were talking about dupes and we were talking about the Salesforce architecture. Tell me a little bit more, you know, you came there not to just build, uh, you know, uh, keep working. You came there to build right. something really impactful. Yeah. And we know, so like I said, the secret is I've been profiling data technology companies over the past year because we at Dimension have been working on new services that are going to help our clients get the kind of pristine data and make insights from the data like never before. So I've gotten to know all the different data companies. That's how I got to know Russ and Ken and the rest of the Ringlead team. And can you paint a little vision of what you guys are looking to solve and the challenges that, that you're sure. doing so we can, we can let people know what's happening inside the Wonka factory? <laughs> sure. I like that. I ne never thought of that. The chocolate factory, open yeah. it up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, 
you know, so I worked for a large company. So I, you know, and I, and I, and I worked with a lot of different large companies at CA. The focus was Fortune 500. So I know a lot of big companies. And I can tell you at CA, the big problem with data was it was totally disorganized. You know, a lot of money was spent on data. Uh, CA realized data really matters. It's important. But it, we could never get the data organized the way we wanted it. The data was, there were duplicates, there was dirty data, there were data missing, you know, it was random, you know, all of a sudden you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have an email, you wouldn't have a phone number, you wouldn't have a news alert, you know, and it wasn't organized the way we wanted to organize it. And it wasn't organized by roles, you know, and you know, I left there realizing this, this is a big opportunity. It's one of the big reasons I came to Ringlead. And what we're trying to build here, and we've done a lot in data management in terms of building a, a portfolio that really, you know, adds a lot of value to your CRM and to your marketing automation. You know, we prevent dupes, we get rid of dupes at a high scale, you know, very high performing. We'll, we'll deal with millions and millions of records at a time. And, you know, we do all that and we enrich the data and discover new data. We do all that great stuff. But really, my vision is, you know, let's get the data organized by role. You know, think of it. Think of it as, you know, I want, for example, my end customer, whether they're a salesperson at my customer site or they're a Salesforce admin or they're a marketing person. I want them to have a 360 degree view a full holistic view yeah. of all their systems. How do they look at not just what's in their CRM? How do they look at what's in their marketing lead database? How do they look at their CRM? How do they look at support tickets? You know, And based upon who you are, if you're a financial analyst, maybe you need access to the ERP system. If you're an HR analyst, maybe you need access to the CRM and to the you know, into the human resource system, you know, and I want to be, you know, through and we've we've built different plugins yep. and, and connector architecture where we can connect to a Salesforce or to a Marketo or to a Pardot, you know, and we're going to do more and more. We're working on Microsoft now. You know, I think platforms really matter. And, you know, that's the that's the big vision is for Ringley to be known as the company that connects you based upon your role to whatever application you need to get to and then we'll combine the data we'll bring all the data together we'll bring the data in from your erp from your crm from your marketing automation and we'll tie it all together and, and make sense out of it and give you analytics on it and you know and give you insights so you can make good decisions and it's all based upon having good data right and you can't do it unless the data is of good quality and we make sure we try to be the best at data quality you know so when we you give us your data we clean it up. We make sure it's quality data. We make sure the data is enriched with the relevant information. We make sure you have the right news alerts real time. We make sure all of that, you know, and I want to extend it beyond the CRMs, beyond the marketing automation. I want it to work, you know, in the real world is, is everything. The real right. world is we're dealing in ERP systems. Yeah. We're dealing with HR systems. You know, we're dealing with payroll, et cetera. So, you know, that's the big vision here to provide a, a true data, you know, data oriented view, 360 degree view of everything going on and do it based upon who you are, what your role is in the organization. You know, today, I think we do a great job of, of enhancing, you know, CRMs and 
and marketing automation. Right. I look forward to working with you, Dave, because you've built a great company that really can complement what we're doing, you know, um, because I think this data space is so big and complicated. You know, you can't do it just with software and product. You need right. to have great, you know, advisory services. You need great consulting. You need great implementation, you know, and process. And, you know, so I'm very excited about Ring Lead and, and Demand Gen working together. Absolutely. It's, you know, it snuck up on us, right? We got, we got the marketing automation systems in marketing, and we got yep. the CRM systems in sales. And so all of a sudden, we had two cloud-based platforms that had, you know, rows and columns of data, and some of those systems needed to talk to each other, right? Some of the fields needed to talk to each other. Then came the next piece of MarTech, the next piece of sales tech, the, the ERP systems, like you said, the e-commerce platforms. Yeah. And now we've got right. all these different data components all over the place, and we need data orchestration. We need a way to, you um, like you said, get the data pristine and, and get the hygiene, but also make sense of the data. You know, if you wanted to yes. query and say, look, I want someone who is a customer in Long Island who's bought this product and has paid this much and is in this role in this industry, um, you know, think of the queries uh, to do that type of stuff. And like you said, if you don't have clean data, I believe the reason, you know, I'm, I'm, I saw an article from Forbes yesterday that came through my cell phone that said that Forbes is talking that, you know, the big thing for 2019 is CDPs that, um, hey, marketers, it's time to pay attention to the importance of data, which is why we started on this journey right together in, in 2015 to yep. say that, you know, we, we have to solve uh, the data challenges. And I think yeah. last year, well, it was th earlier this year, the GDPR initiative really forced marketing to take accountability and responsibility for data in new ways. You know, they, for the very first time, had to make sure that they would not put their company at risk by emailing and communicating with folks that didn't want to be communicated with and those that didn't want to be in the database to make sure that they get out of the database. So there's all these stars aligning. You guys are building phenomenal platforms for managing data. We're buying more technology that um, is creating more data. We're creating more data every couple of years than we ever have probably in our history. And yeah. uh, it's a big challenge. And that's why I said like marketing needs the expertise that they don't have uh, on their teams. We yeah. are providing services to provide that expertise and tool sets uh, to our clients. It's it's going to be an exciting year. It's but very it's, yeah yeah it's 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 um and, and I tell you, Dave, you know I also see a big shift in the market. You know, it used to be, you know, in a in a boardroom or in a, an executive management meeting, the CEO would go right to the CIO and CFO, you know, for you know for solving problems, and it's changed. You know, I'm starting to see the CMO, the chief marketing officer, becoming the really important impact person, you know, at these executive management meetings. You yeah. know, certainly when it comes to data, you know, the CEO's going to the CMO, looking the CMO right in the eye. They don't look at the CIO anymore. They look at the CMO or the chief data officer. Some companies have a chief data officer. That's becoming popular. And they look at them and say, fix the data problem. I'm spending a lot of money on data. I'm tired of buying leads. I'm tired of webinars. And, you know, I don't know what I get out of them. I don't know what the ROI is, you know, um, fix the data problem. And, you know, we want to be that company that's there to fix the data problem because data really matters, you know. And so that's our mission. You know, that's, that's what we're going after. 
And it's an, ex- it's an exciting time. We end up working a lot with not just Salesforce admins, but marketing people and chief data officers and all, all kinds of people. You know, and it's, it's an interesting space. It really is. It is. And I think uh, to wrap up, when someone like you with your track record of success and your investment in technology and building massive companies takes his time and his energy, because you only get this this life once, as you said. So for you to carve out this part of your career and put it against this, I don't know how I can reinforce and amplify just how important and how relevant the data challenge is and the companies like and individuals like you committed to solving these problems for for customers. So it's it's great. Thank you for joining me. Uh, once again, I'm sorry for your, your loss. Um, I know it's probably a tough week. Uh, it made me actually think uh, not only about you, but uh, about Long Island and my dad, who's who's buried out there, and I'll be out there in, wow. in December and look forward to spending time with you and the team. We'll be together. Excellent. Well, thanks, okay. Russ. Appreciate it. Dave, and, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You bet. Anytime. Anytime. And I have, I have a feeling we'll have you back as we unveil more of what we're what we're doing together. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Demand Gen Radio. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, I hope if you're driving safely, you keep doing that. Or if you're at the gym listening to the podcast, hope uh, you you take some real thoughts and think about uh, the data challenges that you have and how you're going to tackle those in 2019. Uh, that's going to do it. Everyone, thanks again. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.